TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about? The twins, of course. It's Five Twins Thoughts Five. with Derek Wetmore. Welcome in Five Twin Slots. This is Five Deep Questions with Derek Wetmore and a special guest on the horn. Twins All-Star Jake Odorizzi was kind enough to join us tonight. Jake, as a family, how are you holding up? Family's really good. I'm doing well. Um, as we were talking a little bit earlier, this is kind of familiar territory for us. We're laying low and relaxing and you know, just trying to be a family, so... Everyone's doing good, and, um, you know, some days are more tiring than others, depending on what we do with the kids, and, uh, you know, each day's uh, been a pretty special day, though, just from a family standpoint. Sure. Well, an extended off-season mode. You're down in Florida, kind of close by the Twins' spring training facility. Basically, uh, just staying in shape, I guess, waiting for the ready, set, go signal from Major League Baseball. Exactly. That's that's what we're doing. I got uh, Tyler Clippard lives here in Tampa, so him and I have been working out six days a week together. Um, playing catch, throwing bullpens. I'm throwing, you know, simulated games up to 60 pitches. So I think, uh, you know, him and I are pretty on a good, a pretty good schedule and a pretty good program that are probably, you know, we're fortunate to be outside warm weather that factors into a lot of it. But I think our program is probably a, you know, a good situation for us right now compared to some of the, you know, the things I've heard from other guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, nice. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've got a throwing partner. That's super helpful. And uh, I want to start off five deep questions by asking you um, your favorite baseball memory. And I don't want to influence you too much here or anything, Jake, but the reason I thought to call you today as we tape this on an April 29th was it's the one-year anniversary of going out and getting it against Justin Verlander in one of the more memorable Twins games of 2019, a 1-0 Twins victory. Uh, you pitched seven great innings in that game. So, I, again, I'm not trying to influence it. I don't want that to necessarily be your answer. But if I asked you for your best baseball memory, what jumps to the front of your mind? Um, I mean, I, I'll touch on what you alluded to right there. That that was a very special one considering that game. I think I can you know picture it pretty good in my head. I remember how it all went down. And I just faced the Astros the game before that and then faced them back-to-back. So it's always a unique position to be in, but that game was one of those ones where it's just like it was clicking along. Probably one of the fastest games we played all year, too. I, I, I don't have that in front of me, but I'm sure it probably was pretty quick on the time. And then AD hits a home run. I believe there was like a check swing on 2-2 or something like that. That was a questionable no swing. And then the next pitch, he hits a homer. So um, we were uh, we were in pretty good shape that time. And you know, just to go out there and you know, go toe-to-toe with, with uh, JV, and matching pitch for pitch, um, we came out ahead, and that was pretty special. But um, I think the the greatest one was just the playoff game this last year. I know we lost. I know you know it didn't go the way we wanted to, but that was my first playoff game and being in a playoff environment, especially being the lucky one that got to start a home game and to hear you know the the roar of the crowd, the the stadium was just super alive as it should be for a playoff game, but that's something I'd never experienced before. I know I pitched in big games in my career, but nothing like a playoff game, especially a winner go home game. So just the energy and the feel I had that night was something that, you know, I'll never forget looking back on it. So I think that is the memory that stands out. There's been a lot of cool things that have happened in my career, but just a, a playoff experience, your first one at home against your, you know, in front of your home fans, I think that one ranks up there very, very high. Do you remember when the lights went out at Target Field that night, like intentionally? 
I don't. Okay, know. so I was wondering if players get so zoned in that you don't even notice that, but it was a between innings break actually uh, at Target Field, and it was kind of a dramatic effect sort of thing. But that's the moment where it sort of hit me like, yeah, playoff baseball at Target Field, Twins and Yankees. This is pretty electric. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And to be honest with the lighting systems nowadays, you can go total blackout and flick them, flick them back on in like a second. I'm like, <laughs> wow, it used to be of giving it 10 minutes for the bulbs to cool down and then fire them back up again. So I might have just thought it was something normal for yeah. what the stadium lights can do nowadays. But yeah, that was a... That was a really special game and a really special uh, moment that I'll never, you know, really forget. Yeah, super cool. Um, question number two here, five deep questions with Twins All-Star Jake Odorizzi. Do you remember, and given your profession, it's it's probably coming from Major League Baseball, but who knows, do you remember the first time in your life that you were starstruck? Oh, yeah. Um, the very first time, I think it had been – uh, even before I made it to the big leagues, uh, there was a time in Arizona spring training, and I was with, uh, I think I was still with the Royals at the time. Um, maybe it was even Milwaukee, one of my first or second spring trainings. I was in the hotel and like going through, and Manny Ramirez was coming in, and I ran into Manny Ramirez, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is Manny. I've seen him on TV since I was a kid, blah, 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 all that, all the cliches you always hear about guys talking about. And I was like, holy crap. So I just, you know, introduced myself, said hello. He probably didn't give two hoots who I was or even remember <laughs> it to this day. But it was just one of those moments where you're like, oh, man, this guy is an established big leaguer that's done a lot of great things. And I just had to say hello. Um, another one for me would have been when I was a rookie. Um, I got to go against the Cardinals and pitch against Adam Wainwright, who I really idolized growing up. Um, being from the St. Louis area. So I got to start two games against him, actually, one in Tampa, one in St. Louis. That was one of those cool moments. And then the first time I got to face Albert Pujols was was a cool one, too, because he was the king of St. Louis as I grew up as a Cardinals fan. So many, you know, just crazy moments as a player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, So the very first time I got to face him was one of those, really, I need to take a step back and really take this one in and to – one more after that, I guess. I can keep thinking of him as I'm sitting here. Yeah. That's the first time I got to face uh, Derek Jeter. Okay. Um, that's another one of those ones where you're just like, this is this is Derek. I mean, this is the guy that is can do no wrong. He's like one of the greatest shortstops of all time. Blah blah blah. And it was uh, it's one of those cool things looking back. And you know, I was like, man, that's that's something that's really noteworthy. And I got a jersey signed by him and keeps uh keep it in my closet and get to hang it up here someday sweet yeah no it's always cool to hear because because like as as fans we sit on the outside and we think like oh all those guys don't think anything of it but that's not true i mean even within the game there are varying levels of like you just said i mean that's manny ramirez that's albert Pujols. yeah there's difficulties like when, when i was a rookie it really was one of those things like i didn't get past it i like had to quit looking at people Sure. In the box and in you know, the lineup cards and this and that. I just had to go pitch because I could look up and you know, I'm 21 years old or 22 years old. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, man, I saw all these guys on TV. I just need to worry about throwing to the catcher now and screw the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, so, all right, question number three here, uh, speaking of famous people. So you came up with the Brewers, traded the Royals, traded to the Rays, and then, of course, traded to your current team, the Twins. Uh, but I understand your time in Tampa, Jake. Kind of, we sort of, I would consider maybe you think of it 
differently. That's sort of when you grew up in the big leagues. You're sort of coming into being a big leaguer. Um, understand you were close friends with Chris Archer. Uh, obviously came up with the Rays as well before getting traded to the Pirates. Give us your, if you could, and if it's safe for radio and podcasts, <laughs> give us your favorite Chris Archer story. Ooh, there is so many I can think of. Him and I, we go way back. We were in Durham together my first year after I got traded there. And I remember a funny story about him and I. I introduced myself to him in spring training. I just said, you know, I said my first name. I wasn't going to – I feel weird when I introduce myself as, like, first and last name, especially to a teammate. So I just, you know, said hello. And, he, you know, he said hello back. He was nice enough. And then we went about it. And then, like, he, I think later on I put on my jersey and the last name clicked in his head. And he, like, came over and flipped the switch. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even put two together that they, that was you, you're new, and blah, blah, blah. It was just so funny how, like, you know, you meet, you meet somebody and you're, like, you know, respectful, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, man, this is going to be hopefully my teammate for a long time. And then, like, that relationship blossoms from there. So, that was a funny one to start off with. It was just one of those moments. But one of, a couple of my favorite memories of Arch was we had um, our first couple of years in, in Tampa. We had our first base coach by the name of George Hendrick. And um, you can probably look him up, do some background. He played for a long time in the Billy. He's like the Forrest Gump of baseball when it comes to a lot of things. First guy to wear his pants down. First guy to wear molded. Been through a lot in his career. Like He's just a, a cool guy. And he would – like get on Arch all the time in the like the the funniest ways, and then Arch would replicate him. Like he would follow him around, being his shadow, and do the exact motion, say the exact stuff, like the perfect repeater. And it would just drive him. He loved it, and it would, he would act like it drove him crazy. And he'd have people like come and intervene and like try to take take him out and like <laughs> beat him up and that sort of stuff. But just him and George Hendrick together, and then I was the the third wheel of it there's so many things like so many sayings that he taught us and we still say them to this day. And it was just one of those things that once he retired and got out of baseball and we were still there, it's like, man, we really miss, we called him cuz cause that was what everybody called him. Like, man, we really miss him. And it's like, gosh, you're, you're doing this. But when he would imitate him and I think there's a video of it somewhere online, I've seen it before. And uh, like a mic'd up moment, if you yeah. can find it, you can, you can attach it to this, but it's uh, it was really funny. And uh, I'll never forget that. It so you know, makes me laugh to this day when we talk about him. Four-time all-star George Hendrick. And you got to love guys, whether it's Archer or whoever in this story that can keep a clubhouse loose over the seventh month grind. You know, that those 100%. guys are very, very richly needed. Yes, and that's an understatement when you it's a long season and you need some laughter in there. Yeah. Well, uh it is gonna be a weird season this year. I, I don't mean to deviate into that stuff. I want to keep it kind of higher level. Um and looking back at whether it's your career or in the minor leagues or really wherever, it could have been a book report for all I know. Do you remember, Jake, a time that you were the most nervous in your life? Is there something that jumps to the front of your mind with that? Oh, uh, most nervous. Just in life in general or baseball or like what are we – you want like one of both, you know, well, one of those things? I left it totally open-ended because I think some guys okay. – you know, a lot of guys get nervous for baseball – but kind of to that human element point, too, that, you know, I was nervous for my driver's exam, as an example. But like, <laughs> now I don't get like I don't get nervous for the radio or anything like that. I guess I don't yeah, know if it's quite the I, same for pro athletes. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll 
there's a few of them I can think of off the top of my head. The first day of high school as a freshman, that sure. was a that was a nerve wracking day because you know you see all the movies and it's like oh everybody hates you from day one because you're new and <laughs> you know the initiation process and blah blah blah. So I was nervous. I'm like, gosh, this is what am I doing in here? Like, just go with my, my own business, go with my friends that I know of, and. Yep. This, that, and the other, but from a small town, so we—I knew a lot of the, the people already going into it. But it's still—it's that that new feeling of oh, the unknown. This is so. Oh, this is so crazy. Driver's test—I was good. I was confident in that one. Um, let me see here. Uh, the ACT—I was nervous okay. for because they—that's one of those they preach it to you like this is a make or break, life-changing type of a score that'll open doors for you or slam them right in your face and <laughs> nah, no pressure or anything like that. I was nervous for that. Um, ended up doing okay. And I was like, okay, we're good. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, so let me see here. Baseball wise. I remember I was very nervous for my first double a start. Cause that was, you know, when you talk about the minor league systems and they always say the biggest jump is from high A to double a. So, First time I, you know, I got called up to Double A, and we I was pitching in San Antonio, Texas, and I was like, "Man, this is, this is the Double A." You know, you think you're a step away from the big leagues, right there? It can happen at any moment, which for some people it does. So I was really just nervous of going to that level and thinking, "Okay, here we go. This is the biggest step of my career potentially. Let's go out and do it." I'm going to Salvador Perez, who obviously has turned out to be pretty darn good himself. So I, I had some some good people in my corner going into it, but I saw, I had the, I had some good nerves going. I think everybody's nervous for your debut. Um, that's a pretty common one I'd say, but those are a couple ones I can think off the top of my head that were some of the more nerve wracking. And then the older I've gotten, one thing that was always, this will be a life one. It's very different now for me. I was, I didn't really like public speaking when I was younger. Like I, I didn't like to talk in front of larger groups of people and, this that thing i was very reserved and um you know i just didn't enjoy it i got nervous doing it like you said to do presentations in front of your classrooms and that sort of stuff i hated that stuff okay and now and now i do tons of public speaking have you know hundreds <laughs> hundreds and thousands of people watching you and you're the focal point and that doesn't rattle me anymore whatsoever so it's very funny how you get adapted to that over time yeah no it sure is and and uh to use the old scouts phrase on your guy sal perez i think they would say a guy like that he's got a chance he's got yeah, a chance he, to be a pretty he, good ball player <laughs> he had a lot of intangibles yeah well not to mention the the arm and the 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 power and the bat, like yeah, he, he, <laughs> pitching to a guy like that, young in in the minor leagues, is is really interesting because that can kind of help you set a course too at that level. Yeah, we weren't together for too long. He was in the big leagues not okay. that much longer after that. So, um, but you know, just funny looking back on you know a lot of guys who you played with over the years that turned into just these outstanding players. Not the sure. time you, you see it, sometimes you don't see it, and it comes around later for other guys. But yeah, it was uh, I it was quite a day. Yeah, love it. Uh, five or the fifth question here, Jake, on five deep questions. And thanks so much for being so generous with your time this evening. Uh, it's kind of in the same line where you look back on things that you thought were a big deal at the time, and maybe they turned out to not be. I don't know. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to 18-year-old Jake Odorizzi, I'm borrowing this question from other podcasters' interviews, but I love it because it's it helps you sort of reflect on things if you could give one piece of advice, maybe on maybe on the day you got drafted, 
and say, hey, take this bit of wisdom with you into your career and it'll help you. Uh, what would you tell a younger you? That's, uh, that's quite the question. It's heavy. Um, it's heavy. And that's yeah. why I can't take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, honestly, the first thought that comes to mind is don't change anything. Like looking back from 30 to 18, I've had the being fortunate of having a lot of great things. A lot of great people come into my life, um, push me in the right direction, um, stayed the path, you know, could it have been better from some, you know, it would there be a year of pitching I'd like to change? Sure, but that's life. Like that's there's ups, there's downs, there's in between. I, I feel like I've been pretty darn fortunate from eighteen until now to be pretty successful on off the field. You know, got got married, had two kids. Um, very fortunate for what we have as a family, everything like that. So honestly, the first thought just said, you know just stay the course, like don't change anything because I, I like, what would your life be like if you changed something? I think that's where my head goes in that situation. I think everybody would like to try to improve their life in one aspect or another, but man, I'm pretty darn happy with everything that's happened in my life since, since I was 18. So I don't know if that's a, the Midwesterner in me, like to not try to just take the world by the tail, but I, I think I've been pretty darn lucky in have a pretty great life from that point on so just whatever you whatever i did back then just take that next step and keep doing it because this has all been a wonderful ride that i keep enjoying every single day and i wouldn't trade it for the world so i don't think i would want to make any adjustments to it because that's what you live from that's what you learn from and that's who, what makes you who you are today so i'm happy with who i am today so just keep being you 18 me and then everything will work out when you're 30 and <laughs> Hopefully, you know, beyond, I feel like I got a lot of great years ahead of me too. So yeah, I, I, that's where my head goes to talking to my younger self. Yeah. That's a, that's a great answer. Really well said. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if there is some Midwestern in that too, but I, I, <laughs> I too was born in the Midwest and grew up here and I loved that answer. So, so yeah, thank you for that, sharing that. That's, that's what I think, you know, if you tweak something, maybe it doesn't turn out quite as good or worse than what you think you might or you know whatever it may be that you're on a path for a reason and whatever you did to get here is what you needed to do so the improvements can be made in the future the past is what makes you who you are today yeah that's great excellent stuff tonight jake thank you so much for your time uh continued success and uh, good health to you and the family thanks derek happy to do it enjoy talking for a bit it's Mackie here, and during these uncertain times, your team at Federated Mutual Insurance Company has kept a strategic focus on policyholder service. They've been directing clients throughout the country to the information they need on written pandemic policies and procedures, recommended response plans, and communications to employees. If these resources could help your business, please contact your local Federated Marketing representative or visit federatedinsurance.com. As a mutual insurance company, Federated believes their value is measured by the success of their clients. Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here for my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. 